few months ago, our condo management installed automatic door openers at all the entrances and at all the secure doors inside the building, like the ones between the garage and the rest of the building. And they were a great help when your arms are full. But they made the already heavy doors even heavier to open, so most of us just press those magic buttons and wait for the door to open for us. They're a great help when they work. But a few days ago, some of them failed, including the ones on our level of the garage. So it was back to scanning our key fobs, waiting for the beep, and opening the door the old-fashioned way with our hands. So one day, I parked and walked to the door a few steps behind another resident, and she stood there poking at the button. She looked rather distracted or troubled. There was obviously something on her mind, and I tried to be gentle. So I said as gently as I could, it's broken. And she looked to me and said, oh, what are we supposed to do then? And I said, well, we scan our key fobs and we open it for ourselves with our hands. But the thing was, as she stood there staring, she was staring right at the great big sign above the button that said it was broken and giving us instructions on how to open the door the old-fashioned way in case we had forgotten. Now, I, 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 I guess she was distracted, she wasn't focusing, and so I, I, I have to be kind, but isn't it true that it's possible to, to see a sign, to stare at it, and not get it, not get what it says, so you don't really see it? And don't we all do that? On Wednesday afternoon, I, I started the process, which I expected would be a long and difficult process, of installing a, a child seat in the back seat of our car. Now, I read the instructions in that little book many times, a couple times out loud. And they still didn't make any sense to me. And I looked at the little images in the manual, and they made no sense to me. So then I got disgusted and just put the thing in place. Maybe the straps on the bottom would jump out and find where they were supposed to go. And then I found the signs, tiny signs, sewn into the upholstery of the back seat of my car. Underneath them were the places to put those clips through and attach the straps. And suddenly it all made sense. So I read the instructions again and went, ah, of course. The problem was they gave me seven symbols to tell me how to do two things. So there were too many signs. And over the last 10 years or so, I've spent a lot of time in airports. And so I rate airports by the signs in them. And some airports have too few signs, and some have too many. In the winter, I got into real trouble in Calcutta, in India, because there were so many signs, I missed the one sign that I needed to see. But the best airports, I find, also have people who often stand underneath signs and do this, or maybe read them for us, because when you're busy and you're in a hurry, you can miss the signs. They help. Signs can help if we watch out for them.
So this past month, November, and I want to thank you for your support, I started off aiming for $500 and ended up with $1,560. And you can still donate, by the way, it's not too late. But one of the things Movember reminds us is that most men don't know the signs of the two cancers that most affect men. Testicular cancer, which is especially common in young men who believe they'll never get sick, but also prostate cancer. We don't know what the signs are, and most men don't really want to get tested for it either. But I've also discovered just in the past couple of weeks that most women don't know the signs of a heart attack. They may have learned the signs in men, and many of them save the lives of the men in their lives because they know those signs, but the signs of a heart attack in a woman are different, and nobody teaches them. So signs are important. They can save lives if we know what to look for. So Jesus says there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. And the grown-up Jesus talks that way a lot, especially in the parts of the gospel we read in Advent. Maybe that's why we, we spend Advent trying to get to where we meet the little baby Jesus as quickly as possible. And the little baby Jesus, no crying he makes, uh, not a peep. But today we meet the tough Jesus, and his words are confusing and more than a little scary. And we, we, we forget sometimes that Jesus is the prophet to end all prophets. And like the prophets of ancient Israel, he speaks of things to come. Things to come soon not in the distant future. He interprets the times, and he says, watch for those signs. But as I often say, we have to remember that by the time Luke's gospel was written down, many of the things Jesus said would happen had happened, or at least events that looked and felt like the end of the world as the first Christians saw it. So they watched and they waited for Jesus to come back, but he didn't. And so I wonder, as their lives ended in those first generations who were so convinced they would see Jesus in their lives, as those lives ended, some died the death of martyrs, some died safe and at home in their beds. But as their eyes closed in death, did they see the Son of Man coming toward them on the clouds of heaven, the Savior coming to embrace them. But Jesus' words are for every time and for the life that goes on when time has no meaning for us anymore. But while they lived waiting and watching, our ancestors in faith didn't sit still. They went on living the life of Jesus, regardless of circumstances, without fear. And so the signs of what was happening around them became calls to action, challenges of discipleship, but also signs that Jesus is always near. 
In some of his stories about what is to come, Jesus is very clear. He doesn't want to find us idle. Read Matthew chapter 25. Or read the last words of Luke's gospel or the, or the first chapter of Acts. Jesus says goodbye to his disciples and tells us then to get busy sharing the good news with all the world. I have to admit that I always start Advent preparing to preach, aware that the message of the season is clear and simple. There's a limit to the ways a preacher can say, Jesus is coming, get ready. And I've been doing it for 35 years. This year I took a blank page and, and wrote at the top, Jesus is coming, look busy. That's all I had for most of the rest of the week. Jesus is coming, look busy. But whether we'll see him come behind our eyes when our own times have ended, or with eyes wide open when all times come to an ending and all things are fulfilled, it is clear that Jesus wants to meet us with our heads held high and our hands dirty from the hard work of discipleship. This year, maybe it's not an entirely new thought, but this year it strikes me. So many of the things Jesus and other prophets like him warn us about are things we cause and are within our control or once were. War, injustice, persecution of faithful people, hunger in a world that still produces more than enough food for all. Did I mention war? And the superstorms on the East Coast just a couple of weeks ago seemed to echo Jesus' words about nations confused by the roaring of the seas and the waves. The signs people have read for centuries and the signs that make us wonder today, so many of them represent the worst, the worst we can do to the planet we live on the worst we can do to each other, and the worst we can do to ourselves. The signs are all around us, but the signs are calls to action, challenges of discipleship, signs that Jesus is near. Jesus is coming. Get busy. You know, in our Western culture, there is still a sort of Christmas spirit a sense that this is a special season, whether we are Christians or not, whether the season includes any religious observance for us or not, there's still a spirit of charity and generosity and compassion. People of all faiths and none at this time of year want to lighten the darkness, relieve suffering, feed hungry people, shelter those without safety or shelter. Even our news media feature stories, good news stories, that they manage to force in among the bad news stories. And they try harder in December than at any time of the year. So it's still in the air. There is no war on Christmas. It's just becoming something that doesn't really belong to Christians anymore. Last year, there was a debate about signs, really, about signs and symbols, among some residents of our condo and the board, 
Some people asked, why was there a Christmas tree in the lobby? It was beautiful, but why? The consensus was that the tree isn't really a religious symbol. And, you know, it really isn't a specifically Christian symbol. It's something that Christians borrowed from or stole from the pagans. But it's not really a religious symbol anymore. And so they said, it represents the Christmas that we all celebrate. Then someone says, well, then why don't we have a menorah in the lobby? Somebody said, but that is a religious symbol. We can't have any religious symbol. Until someone pointed out that not all Jews are observant, but Hanukkah is a very popular celebration. So this year we have both a tree and a menorah on the understanding that those who look at them will see what they see. And I see and enjoy the Christmas tree, but I also respect the menorah, and I, I really love the story behind it. It's a great story. But it will probably be up to our Hindu and Muslim security guards to make sure the tree is plugged in and the menorah is lit every night. But as Christians, Whatever is swirling around us from the first week of November through to December 26, whatever we plug into or pull away from in the culture, we as Christians know why we celebrate this season. We know why we share and fight the causes of the needs. We know why some of us will gather, and I hope many more of us will gather for the Advent Festival after the service in large part to make some signs that will show the people we want to support and help that we care for them. We also know how we are called to fight the causes of the needs that we are especially concerned about with everyone else at this time of year. We see the signs, the calls to action, all year round. Amen.